morning. Good morning. The way over in the New Testament this morning, the book of Revelation, chapter 18. We'll read part of Revelation 18 on into Revelation 19 here in just a moment. Uh, Y'all have heard me enough time to know I like to give you a little idea of where we're at in the scriptures. And I'll be the first to admit I don't teach or preach from Revelation very often. Uh, the reasons for that is not that I don't think that it's uh, imperative that we learn it. Uh, it's not that I'm one of these people that thinks that it shouldn't be in the Scripture. Uh, there's a lot of prophecy, needless to say, in the book of Revelation. Uh, and uh, you know, there's a lot of controversy surrounding uh, the book of Revelation as far as denominations go and as far as personal beliefs go. And all this, and uh, a little while ago, uh, or, you know, a couple weeks ago, I guess a few weeks ago, when we started the Gospel of John in Sunday school, I told the adult Sunday school class, I said, now just because we've gone through 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, now we're going through the Gospel of John, doesn't mean we're going to skip to the book of Revelation. Uh, once, once we finish the Gospel of John, and folks, Revelation is something I don't recommend that anyone gets into unless you've got a real good understanding of the Old Testament. <laughs> There's over 800 allusions to the Old Testament within the 22 chapters that we find in Revelation. Uh, so unless you get a good grasp of, of uh, one, the creation, uh, but especially the, uh, the books of Genesis, Daniel, Ezekiel, uh, Isaiah, uh, a lot of the Old Testament books, unless you've got a decent grasp on those, I don't recommend that anyone gets into Revelation. I'm not going to stand here and tell you that I know it, uh, that I know it, and I know everything that's going on, uh, but I'm going to, with the grace of God, preach a little bit here this morning from uh, this book that's uh, referred to as the Revelation of Jesus Christ. Uh, where we're going to be preaching from, where we're going to be picking up uh, here in just a few moments, be it the, toward the end of Revelation chapter 18. I said, we'll go on into uh, Revelation chapter 19. What's happened up to this point? Well, all kinds of things have happened as far as the book of Revelation goes uh, up to this point. The letters to the seven churches have been written. They've been delivered. Uh, uh, my personal opinion, Revelation chapter 4, the, the church has been called up. The church has been raptured out of the picture. In Revelation chapter 4, there's praises given unto God uh, uh, all throughout the pages of Revelation uh, really, but where, where we're going to be concentrating this morning actually begins in Revelation chapter 12, which as far as the book of Revelation goes, is where the, the, the real battle uh, begins between, between good and evil, between God and the devil, uh, between right and wrong, between light and dark, however you want to phrase it. Now, like I said, this is the book of Revelation that I'm talking about. It's been going on uh, for centuries uh, this battle has, but as far as the book of Revelation goes, you can start in chapter 12 and really go, uh, go up to where we're going to be reading from this morning. But Babylon has fallen. At the beginning of, uh, of Revelation chapter 18, you read the words of an angel that says, Babylon is fallen. Babylon being, uh, uh, my opinion, uh, Babylon will be, uh, will be a, a, a resurrected city in and of itself. It will be the seat of of Satan himself and all of evil power itself. But it is not only just a city, if my understanding of Revelation 
is correct. If you go to Revelation 17 and you read on through 18, you'll read where Babylon was also the central hub for commerce and it was the central hub for religion in general. Uh, in this vision that John has here. But the problem is evil and Satan himself has infiltrated the commerce and has infiltrated uh, the religion. And the, the book refers to Babylon as being a whore uh, because she has dragged all these other, uh, or really everybody, uh, uh, down with her uh, in doing this and, and, and being evil. And she's corrupted the nations. She's deceived the nations. And uh, now her punishment is being pronounced. But uh, the sad thing of, of all this is if you read through Revelation 18, uh, you'll see where uh, the kings and the princes and the people of the city of Babylon uh, and, uh, uh, and uh, the, the whole gist of Babylon, uh, they're wailing and they're lamenting over the fall of Babylon over the fall of an evil empire, and and this uh, this has grieved them, and that's uh, that in a real small condensed tight uh, nutshell is where we're going to pick up reading in Revelation 18. And if you'll pick up with me, Revelation 18, beginning at verse 20, it says, "Rejoice over her, thou heaven, and ye holy apostles and prophets." For God hath avenged you on her. And a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall that great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. And the voice of harpers and musicians and of pipers and trumpeters shall be heard no more at all in thee. And no craftsman of whatsoever craft he be shall be found any more in thee. And the sound of a millstone shall be heard no more at all in thee. And the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee, and the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants that were the great men of the earth, for by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. And in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all that were slain upon the earth. Chapter 19, verse 1. And after these things I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God for true and righteous are his judgments for he hath judged the great whore which did corrupt the earth with her fornication and hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hand and again they said hallelujah and her smoke rose up forever and ever and the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshipped God that sat on the throne saying amen hallelujah and, the vo and a voice came out of the throne saying praise our God all ye servants and ye that fear him, both small and great. And I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude and as the voice of many waters and as the voice of mighty thunders thundering saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the lamb is come and his wife made herself ready and to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen and clean and white for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints and he saith to me right blessed are they which are called to the marriage supper of the lamb and he saith unto me these are the true sayings of God and we'll end our reading uh, right there I know that was a little bit to read but uh, going back to 
to Revelation chapter 18 and verse 20. Now, before we get into this, you recall uh, what I told you uh, about Babylon, about how, how Babylon, how the whole system, not just the city, but the whole system that it entailed, the whole system that was represented by Babylon, uh, how it was wicked, how it was corrupted, uh, its iniquities uh, reached up to the heavens, its sin reached up to the heavens, uh, according to what we read in the scriptures in, in Revelation chapter 18. Uh, so you keep this in mind as we read this, uh, rejoice over her, thou heaven, and ye holy apostles and prophets for God hath avenged you on her and we and we read earlier about how uh, there was a there was a mighty angel and it picked up a stone and it cast it into the water and it said that so shall uh, be the downfall of Babylon so shall Babylon be destroyed forever and for always folks this millstone it wasn't just a rock it wasn't just a pebble and it wasn't yeah. just a boulder a millstone was a stone that was about a foot thick and it was about 15 to 20 feet long and it was used for doing exactly uh, what it indicates that it was. It was used for grinding things into grain. It was used for grinding corn and grinding different grains uh, down. This is something that no mortal man would even be able to move let alone pick up and, and throw into the water. But this angel, he picks up this stone and he throws it into the water and this makes me think of uh, when Jesus Christ told his disciples and others he said he said that if one should offend one of these little ones it would be better than a millstone were tied around his neck and he were cast out into the waters and he would be drowned hey folks the millstone uh, many times in scripture it's talking about judgment it's talking about the judgment of almighty God and here this millstone is thrown into the water and it is said such, a, such as this will be the downfall of Babylon in other words she'll sink to the bottom never to rise again and we read in the scriptures where the ashes of Babylon will ascend forever and forever but you remember this Babylon it was considered great by the kings that were on the earth at the time it was considered great by its inhabitants that were around at the time but again in Revelation chapter 18 God puts out an invitation to his people and he says come out of her and be not a partaker of her sins that you receive not my plagues when they come. Hey folks, there's an invitation that goes out even today. Not necessarily, not even to the people of God but to the people that are not of God, to the people that are not saved, to the people which God is wanting to save to the people that God is eager to save to the very people that God and Jesus Christ came to this earth and suffered and bled and died on a tree at Calvary. He gave his life that you might have life. And the invitation goes forth today to come out of Babylon. Come out of the world. Come out of your sin. Out of your wickedness and receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. Amen. Or, or plague will come upon you. And it will be forever. And you will be sunk to the bottom. Never to rise again. It doesn't matter how wonderful you think that your life is right now. I'm talking to lost people right now. I don't know who's here that may be lost. I don't know anyone's heart in here other than my own. But if you're here lost right now, it doesn't matter how much, how much pleasure that you're getting out of your current life. It doesn't matter how great you think that the 
this world is and how great that you think that the things of the world is, how great that you think that the money is, how great that you think your personal religion may be. These things matter not as far as it's compared to the things of Almighty God. Almighty God's things are worth something. Almighty God's things are eternal. Almighty God's things are pure. They are righteous. They are holy. And they are for you for the taking by the invitation of God Himself. Come out of Babylon. Come out of the world. Come out of it or there will be destruction. There will be destruction. I ain't using a scare tactic, folks. I'm simply telling you what the scripture teaches. I'm not trying to scare you into heaven. And then, folks, even if I did try to do that, hey, it would do no good if you were not drawn by the Holy Ghost of God. It'll do no good for me to stand up here and talk about heaven or talk about hell for that matter. But you keep in mind, hey, you that think that, uh, you that may think that you're doing something for God, you that think that you're, you're, all religious that you're high up that God has given you check marks across the board somewhere in heaven you keep in mind that the only thing that God counts for righteousness is his son Jesus Christ and without the spirit of Christ you are none of his you must have the spirit come out of Babylon come out of the world come out of the sin there's people out there right now that hate God. These people of Babylon hated God. They hated the things of God. Hey, folks, this was this would have been the era that's popularly called the the, the great tribulation uh, period that we're talking about here. There was great tribulation that was going on here. That at the end of that period, hey, that which was causing the great tribulation. That in the preceding chapters, the beast, the false prophet, the dragon, Satan himself, all these things that are mentioned in the scriptures. Hey. Folks, these things all culminated with this thing called Babylon, with this system called Babylon. It was it was it had to do with the commercial side of things, it had to do with the religious side of things, and it was deceptive to the entire world. And these people hated God because of the things of Babylon. Babylon had deceived the people into, into hating God. They had deceived the people into rejecting God and rejecting the gospel. They they had killed the prophets. They had killed the ones that had come with the warnings and with the blessings and with anything else that God had sent them with. And there's people all over the world right now that think, I'll get back at God. This is why a lot of people, quote unquote, don't believe in God. It's because they're angry at God. It's because they have alt with God. God took my mommy at a young age. God took my daddy at a young age. God allowed this to happen in my life. Or God allowed that to happen in my life. I'll show God. I'll show God exactly what I'm made of. I'll teach people that there is no God. Or I'll teach people that even though there, there may be a God, that God is not all that. And people think that they're getting back at God. And they think that God is sitting upon his throne wondering what he's going to do. They think that God is upon his throne up in the heavens worried about what this one individual is doing and wondering what he can do about it. My friend, let me tell you now, it is impossible for a finite human being to break the heart of God. If you continue on the road that you're going and you end up in hell, God will not bat an eye at it. 
thing to think about with God. In Ezekiel 33, God says, As I live, I have no pleasure in the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. He says he has no pleasure in the wicked, but as far as it breaking the heart of God, if the wicked go to hell, folks, just as Babylon is being wiped off of the planet to be remembered no more, Hope your name will disappear sooner or later. It'll disappear here on this earth. It'll disappear in heaven. The thought of you will disappear. And it will go on. Time will go on. And it'll go right on in to eternity. We cannot get back at God for anything that we think that God has done to us. Be happy that you think God is dealing with you somehow. Be happy that God, if you think that God has done something, be happy that he was working in your life. I know that it's tough to accept some things that come our way. And I know that it's tough to accept, to accept some, uh, some things such as finances, such as health, such as death, and some of these other things. But folks, just because you get angry at the creator doesn't mean that the, cre the creator is any different. He is still all, all righteous. He is still the Lord God. God omnipotent. He is still holy and he is still just in all of his dealings with humanity and with the earth and with you and with me and with everyone that ever has been and everyone that is right now and everyone that ever will be. Almighty God is just in his dealings with humanity. Yes. You keep in mind this great city Babylon that people were wailing and lamenting over its fall. You keep in mind in, uh, Revelation 18, 20, there's a command given, rejoice over her. Rejo rejoice over her. <coughs> Revelation 19, we read four hallelujahs given in the scripture. We say hallelujah all the time in church, maybe in your personal life, maybe driving down the road listening to a gospel song. You might say a hallelujah. You know, that word's only brought up four times in the, old, or in the New Testament. It's brought up 22 times in the Psalms. It's brought up a whole lot more in the old than it is the new. It's brought up four times in the New Testament, and all four of them right here in Revelation chapter 19. They are praising God for the destruction of Babylon. They're praising God for the destruction of, of the empire of Babylon, of the system of Babylon. But folks, what was part of that empire? What was part of that system? It was everyone that had rebelled against God. Everyone that hated God. Everyone that had ought with God. Everyone that thought that they could get back at God this way. Everyone that had anything against Almighty God was part of this system called Babylon. And heaven was re rejoicing over its destruction. Heaven can rejoice over what it wants to. Praise God in the scriptures. Jesus taught himself that heaven rejoices over one lost sinner that comes to repentance. But folks, if heaven can and does rejoice over that, all of heaven can rejoice over whatever God wants it to rejoice over. And that includes the destruction of people that rebel against God. I'm not saying you and I, if we know someone was lost and we attend their funeral, I'm not saying that we should go in there happy about it. I'm not saying that we should go in there blowing horns and having balloons and all kinds of weird stuff. We should mourn over those souls, yes. But what I'm saying, what I'm trying to get across now is that you will never get back at God and you can never get angry enough at God and you can never be disgusted enough 
enough with God for it to make one iota of difference for God or to God of what your of how you react to the gospel call, how you react to the grace of God. Hey, all throughout the building of Babylon, all of the Babylon of Revelation, of the book of Revelation, all throughout the building of this, over the system of it, over the city of it, all throughout this. Hey, the 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 call of grace was still in the air. I can read in the previous chapters of Revelation that there was an angel flying through the air that was preaching the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. The grace call was still there, but just as it is today, the grace call was being rejected here. It's being rejected now. It's being rejected daily. It's being rejected by people that we know and we love and people that we have never met in our life, but that does not end the call of grace. For those of us that are alive right now, what ends that call is death itself. Death will end that call. It's too late at that point. It's too late. And that's when you go to your final and your utter destruction. If you never heeded to the call of God, if you never heeded to the call of grace. Again, in Revelation chapter 19, and after these things, I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah, which means praise the Lord. That's a combination of two Hebrew words, one being halal and one being a shortened form of God, God, Yah, hallelujah. They're saying, it says, hallelujah, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord. Our God, they're praising God for salvation. They're praising God because they were given commandment just a few verses before this in, in chapter 18 to praise God, to rejoice over her, to rejoice over Babylon and her destruction and they are praising God for the destruction of Babylon they are praising God that the prophecies that have been mentioned since the Old Testament times are coming to pass the martyrs are praising God because just a few chapters before this in Revelation they ask God how long before you avenge our blood how long before you do something about this and Almighty God is doing something about it here in Revelation 18 and 19. And praise God, it continues on. It says, hallelujah. Salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. Salvation unto God. Glory, honor, and power unto God. They're praising God for these attributes of His. And let this be an assurance to you. It's already been brought up once this morning. Salvation is of the Lord. Hallelujah, salvation, glory, and honor, and uh, honor, and power unto the Lord, our God. Salvation is of God. Salvation is of the Lord, and the Lord is salvation. You have nothing to do with being saved. You are saved because you are a wretched sinner in need of a Savior. You are saved because there was a man that came here and lived a sinless and perfect life. And no guile was ever found in his life. And he was crucified. And he was dead. And he was buried in a borrowed tomb. And he resurrected the third day. And he has ascended to the Father to make intercession for the saints. To be the mediator between God and man. And because of these things. Because of the shed blood. And because of the resurrection. He has all power given unto him in heaven and in earth and he has all power to save but not only to save but save to the uttermost hallelujah to my God this is why you are saved not because of your works and not because of your doings 
It's because of God's doing. Salvation belongs to God. Verse 2 again in Revelation 19. For true and righteous are his judgments. I don't care who reads these verses and says that God was not just in doing so. God should have waited just a day more before he destroyed Babylon. Now I realize that this is, that this is talking about something in the future. This is talking about something that John saw that was coming down the pocket. It has not happened yet. Now listen to me. Babylon in the Old Testament, it, uh, it was destroyed, yes. But hey, there was a, there was a very similar pro, uh, prophecy given over in the Old Testament, the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah went to Babylon and he read from the scroll. He read from the book about the destruction that was coming and God told him to bind that book to a stone and to throw it into the river Euphrates and to tell the people of Babylon that just like that rock and that book went down, so would Babylon go down and in the Old Testament times it did but folks it's coming again Babylon will be revived according to what I read here in the scripture not just as a city but as a system as a system but true and righteous are the judgments of God people say what right does God have to, to allow people to go to hell because he's God that's what right he has what right does he have to destroy Babylon? Because he's God. That's what right he has. What right did he have to rain fire and brimstone down on Sodom and Gomorrah and the other cities of the plain that he destroyed? Because he is God. That is why. And no other reason is needed. He doesn't need your permission. He doesn't need the permission of the U.S. government. He doesn't need the permission of NATO or of anyone else. He is Almighty God. And he can do anything at any time that he wishes. And he does not need man permission to do so he is God and we as the church need to need to keep that in mind true and righteous are his judgments how many of you have lost lost relatives die and you're all but certain of their final destination did you ever think if God had just given them one more day maybe they would have repented maybe they wouldn't be in that awful place now folks listen I can't preach or teach uh, anyone into hell any more than I can preach or teach somebody into heaven. It's between God and man where those people are. But if the life isn't bearing righteous fruit, it's a good indication where that person wound up. But how many people have had lost people in your family or maybe friends thinking, if God had just given them another day, maybe they would have repented. Folks, I got news for you. When the, when the earth had become so wicked that God decided to flood it back in Noah's days, hey, it, it, it grieved God's heart, it turned God's heart that he had even created man at that point according to the book of Genesis in chapter 6 uh, he, he, he regretted even creating mankind and he flooded the entire world because of the wickedness of man and then just a few chapters later we see Noah and his family coming off of the ark and offering up a burnt offering unto almighty God and just a couple of chapters after that we see a tower being built in Babylon because the entire world had rebelled against God again. Within two chapters in Scripture, it is in our nature to be rebellious. It is our human nature to be rebellious. But I promise you, I promise you, had God waited another hour or another day or another week, not one person would have heeded Noah's messages. The Bible says that he was a preacher of righteousness. Not one person would have heeded. Why? 
because they were wrapped up in exactly what we're reading about here in Revelation 18 and 19. They were wrapped up in a system. They were wrapped up in rebellion against God. Same, go, uh, same goes for the cities of Sodom and, and Gomorrah. Those people were so caught up in their wickedness and so, so caught up in their sinful pleasures and so caught up in what they wanted. They didn't have time for God. God was completely just and completely holy and completely righteous in everything that he'd done to those cities. And we have no right to question it. True and righteous are his judgments, for he hath judged the great whore which did corrupt the earth with her fornication, and hath avenged the blood of, her, of his servants at her hand. Here in one verse, we see where he has judged the great whore, which is Babylon. And in doing so, he has avenged the blood of his servants. Now there's debate out there whether this is talking about those that were martyred just during the great tribulation period or if it's talking about those that were martyred uh, from the beginning from the beginning of time starting uh, starting with with Abel the, the son of Adam and Eve. Folks, I don't know what, it, uh, what the specifics of that matter, but I do know that it says that the great whore was judged and that God avenged the blood of his servants in judging the great whore Babylon. And again they said hallelujah and her smoke rose up forever and ever there praising God over the destruction of Babylon over the, the, the destruction of this system over the destruction of its inhabitants hey folks one of these days I'm telling you now if my interpretation of scripture is correct in Revelation chapter 4 where, where John says that he heard a voice and, and he went up there was a door open in the heaven and he went up and said, said unto John come up hither and he goes up that to me is a picture of the rapture of the church so at this point you and I if you're saved born again child of God at this point in the scriptures we will be in the heavens we may be seeing this spectacle going on down on planet earth we will be part of this tribulation that's going on but we will see what is going on and we will be the very ones shouting hallelujah to the Lamb of God and hallelujah to the Lord God omnipotent that reigneth forever we will be the ones shouting along with the angelic host and along with the saints of yore and the saints that have been forever ever since the dawn of time anyone that died with faith in God will be there will be the ones shouting this hallelujah or shouting these hallelujahs before 20 hours the four beasts fell down and worshiped God that sat on the throne saying amen amen being so be it so be it, and hallelujah, so be it. Praise ye the Lord. And a voice came out of the throne saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. Those that were small and seemed insignificant here on this earth. Those that were, that were great and seem most significant here on earth. Uh, all of us are shouting the same praises unto God at this point in the scriptures. We're shouting the same uh, uh, praise, the same hallelujahs unto the same God. And I heard as it were a voice of a great multitude and as the voice of many waters and as a voice of mighty thundering saying, hallelujah for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Hey folks, there's another part in the book of Revelation in chapter one where it describes the thunderings and it describes the many waters 
believe it's talking about the Son of God and His voice sounding this way. But here, the, 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 the coin has flipped just a little bit and instead of it being the Son of God whose voice sounds this way, it is those that are in heaven, those that have been redeemed, those that have been reconciled and brought under good relationship with Almighty God. Theirs is the voice that are combined to make a voice as the sound of many waters and as the voice of many thunderings. Hallelujah! I look forward to the day that I can hear this noise. Praise God! Amen. Hallelujah! For the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to Him. For the marriage of the Lamb has come. We've done this once in Sunday school this morning. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to Him. Substitute that word for with because. Because the marriage of the Lamb has come. And His, and his wife have made herself ready. And to her it was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. Here it says, his wife hath made herself ready. Y'all have already heard me say once this morning, salvation is of God. So how can we make ourselves ready if salvation is of the Lord? To her it was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen and clean white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. It was granted to her. She made herself ready according to the verse previous to this. In verse 7, says, The marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen. Hey, folks, this wasn't just uh, some, some cheap... Uh, cheap dress that she was wearing. It wasn't just something that uh, she could throw together out of a tater sack or something along them lines. Something like uh, some of y'all know what know what I'm talking about this morning. She didn't come. Uh, she didn't come arrayed in just everyday apparel. It says that she was arrayed in fine linen, and this fine linen was the righteousness of the saints. Hey, folks, this fine linen was made up of the righteousness of the bride of Christ, of the wife of Christ, according to the scripture that we are reading now. She made herself ready. She was uh, granted to dress in this fine linen, folks. Everything that we have and everything that we do, whether we're here on earth or whether we're in the heaven with Almighty God, everything that we have or do, it is granted by Almighty God. For the Bible says in the book of James chapter 1 that every good and perfect gift cometh down from the Father of lights. Every good thing and every perfect thing is given unto us by God. And it's no different once we're in heaven. There is no room for gloating in heaven. There is no room for pride. Praise God, none of that will be there. There will be no sin in heaven. Hallelujah. There's no room for it. Everything that we are in heaven and everything that we have in heaven is because of God. It's because Amen. he has granted it and will grant it. And he saith unto me, right, blessed are they which are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, these are the true sayings of God. Blessed are they which are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. The marriage supper 
of the Lamb. This is another thing in the scriptures. This is another event of the scriptures which I, which I look forward to. I look forward to the day where I can sit and eat with the Lord and eat with all my brothers and sisters in Christ. Even those that I've never met. Those that lived thousands of years before I did. Those that lived hundreds of years before I did. And if time goes on, those that have lived hundred years into the future after I am dead and gone and my name is forgotten off of this planet. One of these days, I am promised as per the scripture to sit down at a table with my Savior and with all the redeemed of God and to eat at a feast. And I'm and if, if I understand the scripture correctly, my enemies will be able to see me there and that's all they will be able to do is sit there and watch me eat with the Redeemer of my soul. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He prepares the table for me in the presence of my enemies. Does that know what Psalms 23 says? Hallelujah. In the presence of my enemies. <coughs> Blessed are they which are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Are you called? Are you saved? Or are you part of this Babylon? Are you part of this world system? Folks, this world system that, that exists right now, whether you're talking about commerce, whether you're talking about religion, whether you're talking about the political side of things, are you part of the world system that is rebellious against God? God says, come out of her. Come out of her. That you, that you don't be a partaker of her sin. And that you don't incur that you don't have to suffer through the plagues that are to come upon her. God has promised plagues on this earth. Folks, we in, in the chapters preceding this, hey folks, the seals have done been broken. The trumpets have done been blown. The vials have already been poured out. 21 different plagues. 21 different disasters. 21 catastrophic things have happened in the chapters leading up to where we are at right now. And these are all plagues that are, that are uh, thrown down on the earth and that have cause men to suffer and they are just as righteous and they are just as true as what we are reading about here that God has done unto Babylon. Everything that God does is just and is true. And we can't question it. But the question is, are you called to the marriage supper of the Lamb? Because blessed are you if you are. Blessed are you if you partake of that one of these days. But the only way to do that is to repent. And believe Amen. the gospel. Yes. Repent of your wicked ways. Repent of everything that you know is against God. Everything that you know is against the gospel. Everything that you know is a stench in the nostrils of God. And you know, just like I know, and just like I knew, I knew the difference between right and wrong when I was lost. Are you called to the marriage supper of the Lamb? My, pr my prayer is that you are. But my prayer other than that is if you're not, that you will be. God bless you. That's this morning's message.